On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Hey everybody, glad to have you here for a second shot sit down and this one is a little bit of a sit down with a twist you guys know our good friend bob berg uh co-author of the go-giver we've had him on the podcast a couple of times and he said jenny you've got to meet megan riley who happens to be in rockwall texas which is near where we live in dallas and she is the coo and co-owner of tippy toes inc you guys might know it as tippy toes dance if you have little kids in any preschool anywhere you've probably gotten the email about tippy toes dance that they can do after school so brighton did it i thought well that sounds familiar of course i danced my whole life so i thought tippy toes of course i know tippy toes the coo lives in town we have got to talk to her because you know imagine a business like this that's based on dancing with kids in after school activities, the kids being in school, all of these different things that have been totally just turned upside down during the pandemic and they handled it beautifully. And we actually saw it from our own house because we did the virtual classes as well. So welcome to Second Shot, Megan Riley. Good to see you. Thanks, Jenny. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to take it way back to how you how you started this because there's really there's really a couple of big second shot moments that you and your sister had. So, how did you guys even get started with a dance franchise like this? Well, it's interesting. A dance franchise was certainly not how it all started. Um, it actually started when my sister got fired by her waitressing job. She and I wanted Excellent. to go. As everyone, yes, everybody in Texas can appreciate this. We wanted to go to a college football game and it didn't work with her waitressing schedule and she got fired because she missed it because we were going to go to the game. Of course you were. And, yes. Um, yes. And so that led to her getting fired and my parents were like, you've got a car payment, you better figure out how to make ends meet. So she decided to go into daycares and offer dance classes on site. And that was how the company started. And so Sarah was a sophomore in college and started it part-time and it worked and it was great. And so she continued to do that um, during her college years. And when I came to school a few years later, I started doing the same thing. We, as we graduated, we both continued to do tippy toes. We'd bring it with us as our life would take us to different towns. And now here we are 22 years later, we're an international franchise with, um, you know, a master franchise in China. And then we're all over the United States too, but it all started, you know, out of, out of needing to make a car payment. That's how it got started. It started off of, and, and how old were you at the time when your sister went through this, getting fired, going to the football game? Yeah, probably 17. Oh um, and she was, yeah, she was probably 20, 20, 20 21. And, um, you know, and, and the thing is, is why, the reason that it worked is Sarah was leaning into her natural ability and her natural talents. And mm -hmm. dancing was something we'd done our whole life and she loved kids. And so, it sounds like how that happened, but it was just when you lean into things that you love and that you want to do, 
it makes it a lot easier. And that's that's what, how it started. That's why she had excitement and joy doing this part-time um, in college because she loved it and it was a natural, natural talent of hers. Was there a big loan, a business plan, a business degree, any of those other sorts of things that people think about when they're gonna do a, a, fr a franchise? No, no, <laughs> no. Um, no, there was none of that. It was, it was a lot of passion and uh, it was a lot of like, I want to do this. I can do this. I can figure out how to do this. Sarah had a, she was trying to get out of college as quick as she could. She, she has a, uh, you know, I think she literally went to her advisor and was like, how can I get out of college as quickly as possible? She had a budding business, you know? And, um, and, and for me, I actually went to school to be a dietitian and I went through that cause I liked it, but I didn't ever really think I was going to be a dietitian cause I quickly saw the value of tippy toes. So no, we didn't have a big grand plan. No, we didn't know we were going to end up franchising. Um, we really franchise came from another second shot that, um, you know, years into running the business, we were trying to pursue a children's television show because, you know, we just thought that why just, not because why <laughs> wouldn't you, you know? Um, but that was something that we just had, had interest in. And so we kind of pursued things, put things together, spent some time really trying to see if that could happen. And when we hit a brick wall, a really hard, fast brick wall. We we're like, oh, this is not going to work. That's when franchising was born, and that was ten years after we had been teaching classes. So we started in 1999, and in 2009 is when we started franchising. So no, in 1999 there was no business plan. We didn't know we'd franchise. We didn't know what we were doing. We just kept doing things that were natural for us and that we enjoyed. And that is always the key, in my opinion, for any entrepreneur is to do something you love, do something you want to show up for all the time, anytime on your couch at 11 o'clock at night. If you want to do it then, then you're in a good spot. Such good advice. Was was there any pushback from your parents uh, that were initially worried about the car payment? Were they ever then thinking, ladies, this is fine, but you went to school for, for this thing and now you're, you're teaching these dance classes. Did they take it seriously or what was sort of like the family experience around this? All support. It was really That's all awesome. support. And I think the thing about it, Jenny, is that we, you know, when you asked before, like, was there a loan? No, because when we started, we did it we didn't do what we have now. Like if you go to look at our website or our online presence or all these things, that's not how it started. It started with us printing flyers in the sorority house, you know, like mm -hmm. to go take the flyers to the daycare. So it all developed over time, but we always had the support of our parents, our friends. Um, and the thing is to be perfectly honest, it was always working. Like from the, from the get go, we were making, you know, we had a profitable business and, um, and we made really careful decisions. We weren't, we, you know, we, we, every decision we make, we try to think in the long term. We want this company to be here for the test of time and, and, and stand the test of time. And so we make decisions thinking about the long term. Um, it's not always the exciting, fun, you know, choice, but we make things because we want this to last and we believe in what we do. And you do enjoy it. And I think sometimes people will look at something like an opportunity, like you guys said, the opportunity to be on Shark Tank, and they'll think, oh, well, so they just kind of put together this little thing, got on Shark Tank and then exploded. Can you explain? Um, I just want to hear the behind the scenes on this. How did it go? What was it really like? And, and did it, you know, catapult your business or not? Yeah, you know, I our time on Shark Tank was so fun. It was a blast. And that's another thing in business. I think you should be having fun along the journey because if you're just waiting for like the end payoff, mm -hmm. then you're waiting for the wrong thing. You know, you should be having fun along the way. So there was some trepidation going into Shark Tank. We were season two and I will tell you what we did to, uh, we ended up, you know, on, on the show, we had a deal offered to us. Um, and, and so it was great. We had Who a po really positive deal? experience at uh, Mark Cuban. Yeah. offered the deal well because he was and, like okay some texas people 
Yes. You know what? At that point, I don't even think it came up because I oh, don't think I was, I wasn't living here. Yeah. He, he, he just, I think he believed in us. Um, and I, I talk about this a lot with Shark Tank. They're buying the idea, but more the people behind the idea. They want to know that someone's going to be able to drive this idea to the next level for a lot of the, and it of course depends on the business, but really they need to know that they can trust the person, that that person has a passion, that they're going to show up, that they're going to do everything possible to make it happen. Because in business, a lot of times what we're talking about is be willing to do anything it takes to to get the sale, to do this, to make things happen. Um, so, so it was a wonderful experience. We had so much fun. And, um, and the thing is, is we had a lot of sharks interested in our, our business. And we went in wanting to talk about the, uh, the television show. And they were all like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this franchising business, which we had just started. So I think we had like seven franchises at that time. And um, on the fly, Sarah and I quickly, as we're standing in front of the sharks, we're like, okay, forget the TV show. What do you want to talk about? Um, because oh. they were interested in franchising. Nobody mm -hmm. wanted this TV. The TV show sounds so cute, but what do I know? You know, but it's going to happen, Jenny. Yeah, it will still happen. happen. Yeah, someday. life's not over. Life's just getting started. So they said right. no on the TV show, but you said, well, we also have these dance classes and we have seven locations. And does anybody want in on that? Yeah, so, well, they they were asking us questions about our business, and we said, you know, we want to do this TV show, and they're like, now, what is this about franchising? And like, yes, we have franchises, and they're like, whoa, 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 tell us more about that. So, during the pitch, they heard more about our business, and they were very intrigued, and so um, Barbara wanted in, and um, and Mr. Wonderful gave us a terrible offer, and, and then Mark Cuban wanted in, and, um, and what I say is that we had interest because we went into Shark Tank prepared. There's a lot of things we can't control in life, but we could be prepared when we came in. We knew our numbers inside and out. We tested each other. We got quiz. We had it outside. We had our friends test us. We did the pitch over and over and over. But by the time we got in front of the sharks, once you get past that hallway, because that hallway stirs up some nerves Ooh. for sure. Yes. Um, but once I was in front of the sharks and I start talking, I'm like, let's go. Like, I've got a great I've got a great business and I want to tell you about it because I believe so much in what we do. And so I think they were they were uh, they were drawn to the confidence and to us knowing what what we can do and how powerful our, our business can be. Um, so it was a great experience. But I will tell you, and this is something I also love to talk about when talking about Shark Tank, it is not a silver bullet. There is no like quick fix in business. You're not going to go on Shark Tank and then all your dreams come true forever. Um, everything in business is about building. You're building one block, another block. Shark Tank is an amazing part of our story. It's a block. It's just a part of our story. It is not the, the end all be Did you guys do the deal with him? We actually um, we decided after the fact that it wasn't it wasn't a good a good situ wasn't what something Wait. we wanted. So we decided to did you say yes on the on TV and then no afterwards. <laughs> We did with all intentions of going forward. Like we thought we were going yeah. to, but then as you can imagine, like you have a, well, we were in the Shark Tank for like an hour and you see eight minutes on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards we have all the conversations and we're working with his team and, and going through the contract in different points. And, um, and when it came to trying to adjust some points that felt really uncomfortable for us, it, it, we just couldn't come to terms. And so we just had to, to say, given this current situation, we don't, we don't feel comfortable, um, which was, hard it was oh, really hard i can imagine really hard tell me more about that. that um i mean it was it was a lot of hours and days and weeks of sarah and i going back and forth like really thinking that we were going to make this happen we really thought we would have this partnership and um but we also knew that one of the things in it was going to kind of fundamentally change how we had done things and it was basically like we could never do anything else other than franchising 
And for us as business owners and entrepreneurs, like that, that like sucks my soul out. I want to keep doing things. Like right now I have a podcast, I have a radio show. I have, I have three kids. I've got a business. Like I'm going to hopefully do something with stationary. Like I don't, if you would take away my ability to do other things, I would, I wouldn't be true to myself. And that felt like it was going to take away too much of our identity, too much of what got us where we were. Mm. And, um, and so when it felt like we were, we would be surrendering something that was vital to who we were as people, it wasn't worth it. No amount of money is worth changing who you are for no, no partnership, no deal, no exciting person to rub elbows with is worth you changing or acting like you're somebody you're not. And if we would have done the deal, it felt like we were going to, you know, be part of something that didn't feel true to us. And we weren't willing to make that concession at that point in our career, in our life. Um, I'll tell you, I've never, never looked back. I've never second guessed that decision. Um, and I, I also feel like that's a waste of time. Like in business, you have to make decisions, make a decision, you move forward. And who knows what could have been, I don't know. That year they went on, the Mavs, that was the year the Mavs went on um, to win the, <laughs> the NBA uh, finals, which, you know, I mean, I'm sure that would have been, there would have been amazing things, but like, we made that decision and we were ready to move on past that. And, um, and it was, it was right for us. It was the right decision for us, but it was very interesting. And you know, it is important to know that on shark tank, you're having a conversation and then there's the actual business that comes afterwards. Like how are we going to actually, cause you can imagine all of the course. things that go into making a partnership. And so when it came to all those details, as much as we wanted to make it work, um, we knew we couldn't really change who we were for cash, and a, and a fun partnership. Um, it just didn't feel right for us. You had seven franchises, then how many do you have now? We have 37 now, um, and and we've expanded internationally, so now we have a master franchise in China, and they are growing very rapidly. And um, and it's been it's been such a dream. We've had so much fun uh, along the way. Um, you know, when I was on Shark Tank, I had zero kids. I've got three kids now. <laughs> we've, we've, you know, we've built our families. We've continued to expand our brand. We've been number one on iTunes. We have our own children's music and we've continued to um, produce that. So that's like another example. We couldn't have done things like produce our own music when actually producing our own music has really strengthened our brand tippy toes because there's no other children's dance company that makes their own music. We have seven albums. We've been on number one on iTunes and, and billboard charts. Um, and it's all this stuff. It just makes the journey and the ride so much fun. And, and honestly, as, as cheesy as it sounds, like I believe so much in what we do in serving kids and the idea that we are in, you know, 35 cities in the United States, plus we're expanding in China. Like it's really exciting to think of how many little kids are going to get to experience the fun and joy of tippy toes uh, because of our, of the growth we've experienced. Yeah. I have to say it really is a beautiful thing because not everybody, you know, it kind of requires sometimes a stay at home parent to be able to attend things like dance classes. But what they do, you mm -hmm. guys, is that you can attend class right after, like if school ends at two, then class is at 2.15, their teachers change them into their tights. So that's just God's greatest gift to toddler parents. <laughs> um, and then they say, and do the dance class. So I'm like, wow, this is really bringing the performing arts to kiddos who, who might not, again, unless you have a parent to be off in the middle of the day to take you across town to a dance class, you don't get to experience this. So that's kind of a, a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. And something that Brighton and I got to do was your at-home dance classes over the pandemic. Um, what, yes. what did you guys do? Okay, so I'm looking back and I'm, I, I just feel like I learned so much about your, your strength in knowing who you are from that story about Shark Tank. Cause I can imagine that would have been really hard to not just say, yeah. okay, fine, whatever you want, Mark Cuban, mm -hmm. I, right. let's do right. this and we'll figure it out later. So that had to have taken a lot, but, but something like um, 
a, a, a global pandemic for a business that's just run at schools, which in a lot of places were closed down. I know a lot of them didn't do after school activities at all. What did you and Sarah do? Well, we pivoted quickly is what we did. And I think we're all sick of hearing the word pivot. We're all sick of hearing social <laughs> okay. distance. We're all sick of these certain words, but it is what it is. And, um, and that's what, you know, I remember I was sitting, Sarah, actually, we don't normally work um, in the same town. She lives in, in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I'm here in the Dallas area. Uh, but I happened to be with her and we were sitting next to each other and we heard the NBA was shutting down. And that was kind of like the beginning of like the bottom totally. coming out. You know, that I think we I all remember, remember that, that moment. Where, yes, we were in Hawaii, yeah. like we got to get home what are we going to mm -hmm. do? Right. And so we were sitting next to each other at a desk, which I can't tell you if we've ever done that. But in this mm -hmm. moment, we were sitting next to each other at a desk. We look at each other and we were like, let's go. Like, here we go. We've got to figure this out. Because for me, our franchise owners, what are they going to do? You know, as a franchise franchisor, I'm thinking about their families. I'm thinking about their business. I'm thinking about how are we going to make sure that they can continue to serve their customers? How are they going to still feel like they can serve their families? Right. And so we immediately were like, okay, we can do, we're going to go virtually. So what we did is within 10 days, we had our entire virtual platform ready to go up and running within 10 days of everything shutting down. And what we did is we resourced the things that we'd been working on for years. We had different training videos and things. We could rework some stuff. We got in the studio three days later to produce a lot of the videos that you were probably watching us dance along too. Um, and we just moved really quickly. We knew we didn't have time to mess around and we needed a solution quickly. And we knew that obviously virtual was gonna be how things were gonna be moving if we couldn't be in person. But I mean, it was, it was, um, it was really very detrimental to our business. We go into mm -hmm. schools were shut down, you know, but we had, we, when you're constantly thinking about how you're gonna serve your customers, I knew as a mom to three young kids, I need stuff for them at home. Like we can't all just go home and like mm -hmm. hang out on the couch together. And so we were like, okay, we can do this. Like we're experts at entertaining kids, at bringing them joy and making it fun. We can do this. And so we just we just pivoted very quickly. We had the platform up and running in 10 days. Everybody that was in our in-person classes, they were automatically given our virtual classes so we could continue to serve. Our franchise owners could continue to serve. And that developed, that was like our initial reaction. Then we also offered Zoom classes. We had backyard bashes. We did small groups. And so, um, you know, Jenny, any entrepreneur knows that when you come up against an obstacle, which is part of it, this is why I love the idea of second shot, is like, business is all about second shots. Mm -hmm. It's all about what happens to you when adversity comes your way. It's not if adversity is gonna come, it's when, how often, and how are you gonna respond? That's all that matters. Adversity is coming, period, if you're gonna run a business. And so it's all about being adaptable and, um, and I think that was a key. I think if you look at businesses that did well in the pandemic, it was people that could adapt. And the quicker you can do it, the better. And so I feel like that's what gave us um, the ability to move through the pandemic. We, we've been in business for 22 years. We've seen all the ups and downs that 22 years have, has brought, but um, we continue to adapt and do what we need to do. And now the beautiful thing about it, Jenny, is we have a whole nother like arm to our business that we didn't have before. Right. So we still have our, our franchise owners are back in business and they're back in classes and schools and it's feeling wonderful. Meanwhile, we still have this option for virtual classes and there's a million reasons we still would need virtual classes. You know, I mean, it's still nice to have that as an option. And so our business came up against an obstacle of COVID, a huge one, and it was hard. Like, don't get me wrong, this past year has been very challenging, but we got through it and that's mm -hmm. the key. And now we have, we're a more dynamic business than we were pre-COVID. So, you know, it's always about how you reframe things. And for me, COVID brought us so many wonderful things. And it also taught me how tough our franchise owners are and how, how tough our community is and how much our customers want tippy toes in their house, in their home as a part of their life.
We got you to that number one on iTunes, didn't we, everybody? We listened to those yeah. songs over and over. So <laughs> how did you even know, going, going back to the franchise, how did you even know how to uh, create franchises or just go about franchising something? Is there a school for that? Is it Google? What is it? Yes, for me, it was franchise management for dummies. That was how I got my first lesson. So Love it. we were at a meeting. We realized that the TV show is not going to happen. And somebody goes, have you thought about franchising? And I was like, I don't know anything about franchising. Nothing. I don't know anything about it. So we I, we fly home from LA and I get franchise management for dummies. And I start going through it. I'm like, oh, okay, we can do this. We've actually already kind of done this. We just didn't realize what we were doing. Mm. Um, you know, because we had we had gone to different cities and we brought to be to different places. But Sarah and I, we were managing all of it ourselves. And so it was it was very approachable. And then also you get experts in your corner and you find people that can help you you do it, especially when it's something that's like completely a new thing for you, which for us franchising, I knew nothing about franchising. I didn't know the first thing about it. I knew like McDonald's was a franchise. Like I, that was it. <laughs> totally, I that's know. the first one we all think of, right? Right, right. And so, but here's the thing is like everything in life, you've gotta be willing to learn and figure things out. And so when we did that, it, it it turns out our business is perfect for franchising. Uh, you know, franchise owners love the opportunity to to impact their community positively. Um, you know, to it's a it's a budding business. It's a great great model, and we we've stood the test of time. Most franchises, you know, fail seventy five percent fail within the first five years, and we've been doing franchising specifically for you know thirteen years. Um, and and it's great, and it's growing. So, but we didn't have a clue what we were doing. It's how the business started. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a business plan, but you just keep following the things that come naturally to you, and you are willing to learn and adapt. And um, and here we are. Yeah, it's interesting, Megan. I didn't realize that about franchises failing so so soon on. I had no idea about that statistic. Mm -hmm. You come across to me as somebody who could never be a franchisee. You would always have to be a franchise or is that and and what are you because there's a space for everybody in business. What um what is an ideal person to be, you know, to, to that's thinking maybe maybe they don't have their own idea they want to do, but they want to become a part of a franchise. They want to buy into a franchise. What who, what's that personality like? Love that question. And it, it's true. Like, I think there's different types of entrepreneurs. There's different people that, you know, fit into different different models better. And, and you know, the thing is, is every Was I right about <laughs> you being the franchisor? You know, probably so. Probably <laughs> so. I think I'm well suited for a franchise to be a franchisor. Um, although I do like rules, so I could I could follow okay. a framework pretty well, but but I do I can't stop myself. Like I you know I still like to create things, and so that I love that about being a franchisor. Um, so to be a franchisee though for the tippy toes model, and I will say this is different person to person or franchise sure. to franchise, I should say, um, is that you know we what I love is you are running your own business, but you're not alone. And so you're, you're they're responsible, franchise owners, they're responsible for everything. They are responsible to run their business. It is their company, it is their business. And then we have this framework and it's like, execute this. We've, we've figured out all the pitfalls. We've figured out all the potholes. We tell you how to bob and weave through this and that. And we have an incredibly supportive group of franchise owners. So for tippy toes, we are looking for someone that wants to grow something really special. Um, I want somebody that wants a big business, like, mm. because we, we can really impact a community and it is fun. It's children's dance and it's great. It is profitable. It is exciting. It is, has incredible growth. And I'll be honest is we have a really positive trajectory ahead of us. We are in a really good position in, as far as our, our industry. And it's very exciting. And Sarah and I have 
nothing but energy for where we're heading and what we envision for this brand. My goal is that Tippy Toes is that household name worldwide. And I'm not joking when I say that. That's really what I want. And I believe in it. And I believe in what we do. So I want people that are ready for that. I want people that are ready to go after it and want to impact their community in a positive way. Um, and, you know, that isn't afraid to learn new things and, and jump in with both feet. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about. Mm -hmm. I do feel like um, a franchise gives, takes away a lot of, in my opinion, the the possible fears because sure. my job as a franchise owner or as a franchisor is to help make sure franchisees succeed and so you know normally when you go in business by yourself you don't have somebody in your corner doing what they can to help you succeed um and and that's what a, being a part of a franchise system gives you is you have a team that's there to help and support you um but you also have the autonomy to do to run your business as you wish. Every Tippy Toes franchise is a little bit different. Um, you know, they all follow the same guidelines and they have the same choreography. We have, you know, all of this written out. Um, but but, you know, they all put their own spin and twist on it, which is really important. And it makes it a really fun company to be a part of. Your energy is infectious. I can see why people would join on board <laughs> and, and want to, you know, want to want to be a part of what you're doing. I'm curious what you do, what you and your sister do to sort of further grow and expand like what's next and and how do you how do you get there as a couple of people who just have been sort of taking it step by step and didn't have a grand master plan in the beginning yeah you know what it's changed over time and this is something that's really important for for businesses and entrepreneurs know this that what's gotten us here has been great but this isn't we, if we want to grow differently, we need to do some different things. Mm -hmm. And we're actually, you know, we're, we've done that and we recognize that. And we are, uh, we are looking to really scale to be toes and expand in a really, really big way. Like I, I mentioned to you, um, you know, we have families, but our kids are getting older and we want it to be a worldwide brand. And so there's a lot of things ahead of, for us. We're going to continue to produce music. We are going to expand our franchise footprint in a really big way. And we've got, we've brought in a team of experts that are now part of the Tippy Toes team that are going to help make that happen. And so it's a really exciting time at Tippy Toes in general. We just, re, we just launched our, our uh, rebranding. So we've got a new logo, which is super oh. fun. So we have all the momentum in the world right now. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where Tippy Toes is going to go. Sarah and I also, you know, do have different things that we continue to try to, you know, as leaders, we need to be feeding ourselves. So we need to make sure that we're learning and pushing ourselves because then we can bring that, those lessons and those, those um, mentors and those kind of things into Tippy Toes. And so, you know, Sarah's got um, Destined for Greatness. She wrote a book about our Tippy Toes journey. And she also has different accountability groups and she she helps other leaders and other business owners and she speaks. I also speak and I've got a podcast and a radio show where I'm talking about leadership and mindset. And so we're constantly, Sarah and I separately are both growing mm -hmm. and learning. And for, for me, that's the kind of company I want to be a part of where growth and, and um, continually learning and ad adapting and, and just giving everything you've got to to your own life and the world that you've got, it's just really important. And that's what we're both we're both all about. And so from that, we've got nothing but growth. We're not, you know, we're not settling in. We're not thinking like, oh, let's take it down a notch. Let's relax. You know, we are, we are pedal to the metal right now. It's a really exciting time for Tippy Toes. She is not slowing down. I can tell you guys, it really is. Isn't it nice <laughs> to hear somebody so excited about something that they've been doing for a long time like that? Okay, last question. What advice do you have for working with family members? And would you do it again? Like if, if you had to go back and say, okay, we're going to go down the same business, same journey together, would you do it again? And, and what's the advice for people who are also doing that? 
Yes, I would definitely do it again. Um, but I will say it is not for everybody. And I think this is where self-awareness comes into play. This is where your family dynamic comes into play. Um, and, and also knowing where you're gonna prioritize things. When Sarah and I talk, a lot of times it's about business. Um, but sometimes we'll be having a business conversation and then next thing I know, she is talking to my four-year-old or I am talking to her, you know, like it, we do bob and weave, but it works for us. And so I think the key is to, um, what, for us, what I love about it is there is, there's nothing but trust. So we get to move really quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm not wondering about That's her amazing. motives. I'm not wondering about what she wants to do. And she's not worrying about that with me either. We get to go really quickly because we have nothing but trust between each other. Um, and, and we have the same type of motor. We like, we, we, we like to go, we like to do a lot of the, you know, so we work well together. Um, those are the kind of things I would look at is like, is there immense trust? And do you have the same type of motor? Because I think that matters a lot. You know, if somebody is kind of, if, if those don't mix well, it can be rough. Um, for us, it worked. And, and the other thing too, is we've continued to adapt and grow together and then separately. And we've had people come in and help us do something better. We come up to something that's a challenge or we're having a hard time kind of coming to terms with a certain thing, we get help, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like any any kind of relationship and partnership, you, you need to work at it and it needs to continue to grow. I would do it again all day long. It's been, a, it's been a joy and a blessing for us. Well, it sounds like you guys have a really, really special and unique relationship. Megan Riley, COO and co-owner of Tippy Toes, thank you so much for the time today. You have been a joy. We're going to link up all the stuff. As a reminder, you guys, she hosts the Who Is Your Mama podcast and the Megan Riley show. And um, if you're here locally, you might see Brighton in one of those Tippy Toes classes. Thank you again Yay. for coming on. Thanks, so great Denise. to chat with you. Talk to you soon, Megan.